Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. So since the beginning of the year, I have been talking to you guys about me just embracing myself more, right? I've talked about maintaining and mastering your level. I've talked about the journey of the process. We even went over the ugly duckling syndrome or what I consider to be the ugly duckling syndrome. And as I continue to walk this new journey of embracing me, I realize that it's not only or how I'm going to be able to do that is to first rediscover who I am because I have evolved and matured and have grown over the years yes I have been with myself the entire time um, but I'm not the same Hannah that I was 10 13 30 years ago I am a different Hannah Um, and even though I have been walking this this journey with myself and becoming a mom becoming a wife becoming this woman who this evolved woman, um, I've realized that it hasn't always been me throughout these these years, if that makes sense. And you guys are probably like, what are you talking about, Hannah? Well, what I'm trying to refer to is the fact that I have allowed myself to partake in the comparison trap and fall down the rabbit hole of, you know, trying to measure up to measures and standards that were never set for me to meet in the first place. Um, Even though I have talked about finding my identity in Christ and, you know, embracing who I am in him, I've still allowed the thoughts of other people, of society, of friends, of family, and even myself to come in and throw these weights or these hindrances upon my life and making it difficult for me to truly break free of of it all and to walk in liberty and in freedom. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today because what I've discovered is is that a part of self-love is self-discovery or self-rediscovery, rediscovering who I am and who I am supposed to be. Um and it all starts in the mind, right? Uh, the Bible tells us that so a man thinketh, so he is. It's what you think of yourself that you start to believe and start to manifest and you start to speak, right? Which is why it's important for us to protect our eye gates, protect our ear gates, and to protect our mouth because the power of life and death lives within the tongue. And so a lot of the times uh, we may focus on what we're speaking to other people over our children, over our friends, our colleagues, or over our situations. We may speak to those things and we may wonder, you know, why are we still seeing the same thing? And it's like, well, what have you been saying? Because that's your, your seed, you know, but what are we saying about ourselves? What have I been saying about myself? When I look in the mirror and I point out all of the things that I think are flaws, you know, I, I may or may not have shared with you guys that I don't particularly like my smile. Um, I, my teeth grew in a semi cricket and, um, I, because of the way that they grew in, they also give me a slight overbite. 
Uh, and I never got braces for them. Um, my dad didn't think that I needed to, to get them. And so pretty much all my life, I have lived with this self-consciousness about my smile. A lot of the times I will cover my mouth when I'm laughing or smiling. Uh, when I take certain pictures, if I, if I, if it, the picture is taken from my right side or, or my right profile, you can see because my the on the right side of my face, the the way that my teeth are, it's more crooked on that side than it is on the left. Like on the left, I can play it off a little bit. Um, so I try to angle myself <laughs> a certain way when I'm taking pictures, even when I'm trying to take a picture face on. I I've try to perfect this smile where it doesn't show as much it's horrible you guys and when I say horrible I'm not just talking about my smile being horrible but the extent that I will go through to try to cover up something that is me and you know Anthony has said to me Hannah if you want to get braces now you can and I say to him I'm like I, I just think I'm too old for them now now mind you I know that there's people that are older than me or the same age as me who have gotten braces um I I know that there's different types of braces out there like the Invisalign where you can't even tell if you're wearing braces um but for me I'm just like I, I will that make me feel better about myself to go and spend the money to actually fix my teeth would that make me feel better once they're fixed? Or will I just find something else to complain about or that I don't like about myself? Like there was nothing that I did why my teeth grew in the way that they did. Like I wasn't a thumb sucker for my teeth to grow in with an overbite. Um, and from, you know, what my mom tells me on my father's side of the family that, uh, you know, there was a lot of people who their teeth grew in the same way that mine did. So I don't know, maybe it's a, her a hereditary thing. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, my I don't want to fix my smile without really embracing who I am right now. Like Hannah, if it never gets fixed, can you love yourself? Because my husband loves my smile and I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm just like, boy, you tripping. He was like, Hannah, I love your smile. And I'm just like, how can you love my smile with the way that my teeth are? Like, and I'm really, the fact that I'm even talking about this on this podcast, like I feel myself getting emotional because it's such a sensitive area for me. I don't really talk about it or share it with anybody. Um, but anyways, it's, it's little things like that where I'm just like, I really need to just embrace myself. But I'll look in the mirror and I will talk about my smile and how much I don't like it. Um, and I think the more that I talk about it, the more I don't like it because my words are seeds, right? I'm not telling myself, girl, you have a beautiful smile. Embrace your smile. I'm over here, girl, you have a jacked up smile. Like, don't show your, your teeth. Perfect the art of smiling without teeth showing, you know, like I'm being so for real with y'all. These are kind of the conversations that I have with myself and it's horrible. I know. Um, if anybody can feel me out there, yo, drop me a DM <laughs> or send me a listener letter and, and help me believe that I'm not the only one feeling this way. But, you know, I am, I realize that I have to speak better to myself. And I have to really love me, not just say I love me, but love me, like look in the mirror and and say gas myself up 
and and just talk about the features. Maybe I should start off with talking about the features that I love about me. Like I love my eyes. You know, you may ask me, why do you love your eyes, Hannah? I don't know. I I like the shape of them. I like the fact that when I look into my eyes, I I personally can see depth. You know, and I wonder if that's what other people see when they look at me. But when I look into my eyes, I see depth. I see generosity. I see a good heart. You know, um, I have my dad's nose, but uh, I have a smaller version of his nose. So I've never really complained about my nose or said that my nose was like too wide or too big or anything. I know that there's some people who feel that way about their nose, but I think I have a cute little raspberry or a strawberry (laughs) type nose so I like my nose my daughter has my nose my daughter also has my eyes so I think you know when I look at her I can I can see myself even though I feel like she looks a lot like her dad but you know I'm not gonna sit here and just talk to you guys about what I love about me but I I realized that I do have to rediscover who I am so that I can learn to embrace myself because right now it's like I talk about embracing me, but I still look in the mirror and have a hard time with what I see or I have a hard time with not trying to perfect something. So I've shared with you guys that I'm made like Martha. um, And I think I've also shared with you guys that I have this perfectionist uh, quality about me that I realized that I've I've been trying to chase perfection and it's not about perfection. It's about progression. And that in order for me to extend grace to myself, I really need to like get over that. And so I've really been working hard on on not being a perfectionist, but that's hard too. Even with this podcast, like I usually try to keep the episodes under 30 minutes sometimes they go over a little bit but for the most part under 30 minutes but let me just share a secret with you guys do you guys know or you probably don't but I'm telling you that there have been times that I will record a full 30 minute episode and because of my perfectionism I I guess that's a word um I will delete the whole thing and redo it like I did that today I literally recorded this for 30 minutes and I'm talking to you guys about you know just my self-love and discovery and I started listening to the playback and I didn't like it and so I decided to just do it all over again which is horrible because I've done this multiple times and because it's 30 minutes long it takes me an hour just to redo it one time let me tell y'all I have redone it like maybe three or four times before I know that's horrible, right? And then before you know it, I have wasted time or not wasted time, but because I spent so much time trying to perfect it um, that I've now run into another thing that I'm supposed to get done on my schedule. So it's like I have to stop. And if it's not how I feel that it should be, I won't upload it. And so when some of you who are subscribed know that, oh, Hannah's supposed to have a new podcast every Wednesday morning and you look and you don't get your notification it's just like oh okay what's going on and then it makes me look inconsistent right and so that goes through my mind and I start worrying about the inconsistency and losing listeners
dollars and I'm just like you already don't have that many and like it's horrible it really is and I'm just like girl you are so worried about the wrong things like there is more to life than what you are allowing to just give entertainment or space to in your mind and it brings me to the battlefield of our mind you guys like seriously um Joyce Myers has a book called the battlefield of the mind and she also does has a devotion on the version bible app uh that's quotes from her book that kind of walks you through I think it's maybe a seven day journey of the battlefield of the mind but seriously it it starts with our mind it starts with the fact that we've since childhood we have had had either labels or characteristics qualities standards metrics all these different things just poured into us on how we are supposed to be in life and as we grow older there's more things you know there's social media there's the news there's uh, you know Hollywood there's all these different things that's telling us who we ought to be and this is what represents success or this is what represents the american dream so all of us are out here trying to buy these houses with white picket fences in these suburb neighborhoods to have the dog and or the cat and or goldfish as well as the spouse and the children and all these different things that we're supposed to have and if you don't have it then you haven't made it and you still need to work after it and then you have the the women who are out here like I'm just trying to get a piece of the pie I'm trying to be successful and I don't I'm not going to be stuffed into your stereotypes of what a woman should be I'm going to be the CEO I'm not going to work for the CEO I'm not going to be the executive secretary or assistant I'm going to be the one who people have to answer to and so I once I've accomplished all of that, then I'm going to need to find a man who is also a 10 so we can be 10s together and run the world. Like, oh my goodness, there's so much out there. And then after a while, you realize like, oh my, I'm still not happy. I'm still not satisfied. What is going on? And I remember the words that my mentor said to me a long time ago. And I think this was right after I got my, uh, my master's degree. And she asked me, Hannah, when is enough enough? When is it going to be enough? And I I heard God say the same thing to me recently. He was just like, Hannah, when is enough going to be enough? When are you going to be content right where you are? And that hit me kind of hard because I've always considered myself to be content with what I have. You know, not necessarily wanting more, but I think it's it's. It's what I was thinking of. You know, I'm like, I'm content with my house. I don't necessarily need a bigger house with it. You know, if God decides to bless me with a bigger house, I'm not going to say, Lord, no. You know, I'll take it. I'll receive it gratefully. But if he doesn't bless us with another house, I am quite content with the home that I have. But it's not just being content with material things. It's being content with who you are. Are you enough? Are you are you telling yourself that you're not enough, that you have to achieve more things? You have to get another master's degree or you have to get a Ph.D. or you have to accomplish this business or become this entrepreneur or become this CEO, get this promotion. Like, what are you telling yourself? What am I telling myself for so long? I have fought and struggled with not being enough. Just not being enough. Like I went back and got my master's degree, not just because it was the next thing that I needed to do, but because I needed to prove something to myself. I, you know, my, I won't say that my childhood was rough 
because I didn't realize I had a rough childhood until I became an adult and looked back and was like, huh, some of the things that I went through, children shouldn't go through in their lives. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I had an interesting childhood and, um, that interesting childhood when going off to college, it was a, it was a lot to deal with, you know, with being in college and, you know, having all this new freedom as a a young adult, but then also dealing with home life. Um, I wasn't as focused as I should have been. So yet being older, married with two children, I realized, you know what, going back and getting my master's is for me. It's for me to prove to myself that I can do it, that I can, you know, be focused and get get good grades and I was able to accomplish that I was able to achieve what I wasn't able to achieve in undergrad and so that was proving something to me but then even after I got my master's it was like okay so maybe we should go and get the PhD and that's when my mentor was like girl when is enough enough when do you because I was talking to her about it that I talked to Anthony and Anthony was just like um wait push pause Getting this master's was a journey within itself. Why are you getting the PhD? Tell me what is the plan? Like, I need to know. I need to understand why is this a part of the process? And, you know, it we had to do some some talking because I felt like he was holding a sister back. And my mentor was like, no, but what is the reason for going to get the PhD? When are you going to be satisfied? If after you get the PhD, then what? What are you going to try to do then? What are you trying to do with the PhD? Are you just getting it to have these letters after your name? Or are you getting it because it's a part of where you're trying to go to in your career? And what is, you know, so it's a lot of conversation that had to come in with that. But for me, it's just the words of when is enough enough that stopped me in my tracks because it's like, when is it enough? Because I don't feel enough yet. I'm still carrying the baggage of not completing law school on me. So because that weight was still there and holding me back, it was a part of me not feeling enough because I didn't accomplish something in my life that a lot of people, or at least I thought a lot of people were depending upon. And it's not even a lot of people were depending upon that. It was that I felt like a failure in my father's eyes. You know, my me not completing law school, I felt like, No, my daddy didn't disown me, but I felt like I disappointed him. And I carried that burden on me for a very long time, a very long time, you know. And my question is, how many of us are carrying burdens of disappointment of other people? You know, I I heard Pastor Stephen Furtick say this one time, don't allow somebody else's disappointment dis your appointment. Like, seriously, Like we allow the disappointments of other people to stop or negate the appointment of God on our life. Just because I did not complete law school doesn't mean that the assignment or the appointment that God has for me is now null and void. Because God already knew that that was going to be a detour on my journey, on my road. And he's like, I already built a a different detour, a different avenue for you to travel. But this is why you can't or you shouldn't lean onto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me so that I can direct your path. 
I can tell you which way to go. This is why you shouldn't be leaning on society or social media or your friends, you know, to tell you what it is that you're supposed to be doing, but leaning on me because I'm the one who created you. I know what I put in you. I know what I equipped you to do. So I need you to follow me. And so it's just, again, in this self-discovery, I have to rediscover who I am I have to sort through all of the the thoughts that are in my mind of what I thought I should be what others thought I should be what others told me I should be I have to sort through all of that God what is here that is from you what 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 is it that you told me that I was supposed to do and I feel like that is that's why this is the journey that I'm on right now because of the fact that of what I believe he's been speaking to me about when he was talking to me about Gideon and how he told Gideon not to be afraid, but to be, you know, um, encouraged to 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 go in the strength that he already gave him because he's like I already knew that I called you to this I don't need you to tell me your resume and tell me what disqualifies you I don't need to know that you are the least of the smallest tribe I don't you think I don't know that I'm God I'm all knowing I already know who you are Hannah I already know that you come from what you consider to be a dysfunctional family I already know that you know you didn't finish law school I already know that all of the mistakes and all the things that you have but if it makes you feel better to go through all of your qualifications and your you know what you think uh makes you miss the mark then go ahead and go through those things but then after you go through them cast them into the fire because they don't mean anything to me because I'm the one who qualifies the call I I qualify them so even if you came to me telling me all of your accolades and how great you are, that means nothing to me because I am still the one who qualifies you. If I haven't appointed you to do this, trust and believe that door will never be opened onto you. You can try and pry it open yourself. And if you work on it long enough, I may just go ahead and open it up to you. But I won't be the one to sustain you through it when you walk through that door because it was never meant for you or at least it's not meant for you at this time. So these are the things that God has been talking to me about. And it's just like, stop telling me what you're not. So he, he's like, if you need to go through everything that you're not, then you go through that yourself. Go through it so that you can get it out, get it out of you. And then once you get all of that out of you, then cast it away. Throw it away, never to think about it again. No longer entertain those thoughts. And now start thinking on thoughts that are lovely, thoughts that are honorable, thoughts that are worthy. Start thinking on me. Start looking to the hills from which cometh your help. Start putting your eyes on me and staying focused on me so that I can pour into you everything that you need. Because we this, this is this is why I have to go through this self-discovery, because in order to have self-love for who Hannah is and where she is, I have to discover who she is. I can't love what I don't know. I have to know her. I have to realize that everything that I've thought before that I thought was a disqualifier is is something that God can use because he's just like when when you see that that you can't do this on your own that's when you recognize that you have to lean on me this is how I get the glory because now you can no longer say that you did this on your own and and that's that's the problem I personally feel 
that that many of us have and I don't want to speak for anybody but myself but pride is a real thing I think we take a lot of pride on being able to say I did this I know it makes me feel good to be like I did this I accomplished this on my own when I went to get my master's it was a pride thing it was a selfish thing for me to do because I wanted to prove to myself and also to everybody who I thought looked at me as a failure for not finishing law school. It was a way for me to prove that I can do this. I can go to school. And not only did I go to school to get my master's, you know, and and achieved a, a 4.0, but I did it while having a five month old and a one and a half year old and still being a wife and working full time outside the home. Because when I entered into my master's program, AJ was only five months. I remember typing papers in the middle of the night with him sitting on the body of a boppy while I nursed him. But yes, it was God. I give all glory and honor to God because it was his grace who got me through it. But yeah, me accomplishing that, I can't sit here and lie. It was a selfish thing. It was for me to prove that I could do this. I got this. I'm smart enough. And it was me trying to prove it to myself because after not going back to law school, I or, you know, deciding not to go back after that first year, I felt like. I wasn't smart enough, but I, to me, it's just like, I know I'm smart enough to get through this. This just isn't, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. This is why it's so hard. Like I, I can't, this is just, it, it's not worth it, you know, but I struggled with that. Even though I prayed on it and everything, I still struggled with that because I was thinking about how other people perceived me. Even my, my, co- my, um, my college friends, you know, I was struggling with how they perceived me like, oh, she can't because everybody hears that the first year of law school is where they weed, weed everybody out, you know, oh, the strongest will survive. You are the ones who can handle it. You'll see them return as a two L the ones who can't, they won't. And I was one of the ones who won't, but it was. It wasn't just by academics. It was also by choice that I was just like, this isn't as much as I love learning the law. This isn't for me. This isn't what I want to do. I don't feel like this is my calling. This is why I'm struggling so much with it. And me staying here and finishing it would be me trying to prove to others that I can. But in making the decision not to go back, it still felt like I had to prove something to somebody. And so that's where I am now with Hannah, stop trying to prove yourself to somebody. Stop trying to be a people pleaser. You only need to be a God pleaser. You know, stop trying to chase after perfection and think that you have to have everything right because you don't. It's about progression and the things that you don't understand, the things that you don't, you know, know how to make work. You look to God. God, I need your help in this. In my, you know, parenting, God, these children did not come with a manual. I need your guidance because these are two more people that you put into this land, into this earth to fulfill purposes, your purposes. What are they, God? Help me not to project what I think they should be on them, but help me to come to you and find the wisdom and understanding in how to raise them and how to raise them as individuals because they're not the same person. The way that I talk to Skyland is not the same way that I talk to AJ, but I still need to make both of them know that they are loved, that they are valued and that they are important. 
How do I do that? How do I teach my daughter how to be confident in herself when I lack confidence in my own self? How do I show her how to be this woman who gasses herself up when sometimes I struggle to gas myself up? How do I teach my son how to, you know, love on his sister when some or, or love on his mother when sometimes I feel unlovable? Like, how do I train them up? How do I do that? How do I treat Anthony? How do how am I supposed to be the wife that he deserves when there are times where I feel tired and I don't feel like giving of myself? But I know that, you know, being married means to be selfless and not to think of yourself all the time, you know, but to to learn how to say I can take this L so that we can take this win. There are times where I get frustrated in an argument because I want him to see my point. How, when do I know which battles to pick and choose? Because they say like, oh, I pick and choose my battles. Well, which one am I supposed to choose, God? Because I feel like I should win all of them. Like, seriously, I need help every step of the way. I, I need him to guide me in this because I can't do it on my own. But I... I feel like I have people that look to me and they say, you know, it's a compliment like, oh, you guys are relationship goals or oh, you're a great mother. But I don't feel like a great mother all the time. I don't feel like I'm relationship goals like this is work. This 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 is work and it doesn't look perfect all the time. I know the pictures that I post on Instagram may show this happy, you know, family. And it's not to say that we're not happy, but it don't look like this every single day. Like there are days where it's just like, oh, OK, I don't even want to sit in the same room with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, or there's a days where my kids are really working my nerves where I'm like, I need to go for a walk because y'all are just being a little too extra for me right now. Does that sound like a perfect mama? Does that sound like a mom? Like, that's not the mom that we hear about in, you know, in the books or how you supposed like seriously. But I realize I can't chase after perfection. Because I'm never going to achieve it. Why? The Bible says that God continues to do a good work in us until the return of Jesus Christ, of our Christ, Lord and Savior. Like, so if God is continuing to work on us, what makes me think that I can reach perfection by myself? When he's continuing to work things out of me and there's a whole lot to get worked out of me, y'all. <laughs> I'm realizing it through this self-discovery. So, but I, I hope you guys got something out of today. I'm I'm really going to try not to re-record this episode and I'm just going to upload it as is. I hope that you all enjoyed it and you got something out of it. Um, so you can always connect with me. Share with me if you got something out of it. Send in your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com or you can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at hannahsworld00. I would you know, love to talk to you and hear your thoughts and your feedback and and see who can relate to what I'm talking about. So until next time, peace out world.